The Youthscape Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast, which is our podcast where we shed a light on what's happening in youth ministry. I'm repeating it, Martin, from last time. (laughs) And we share the stories of our insecurities and all the things that undermine our desires. Is this the new intro? We do this every time. I just think people might open it and go like, what what is this podcast? What is this? It's an insecurity-based, life-shedding podcast about youth ministry. (laughs) Yes. But we did last week say that we would share some stories of the shenanigans that we have both like got ourselves up to in other people's houses. so, okay, shall I kick it off? Yeah, go on. Because um, my one is that years ago, I used to go to Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, quite a lot. I love Northern Ireland. I used to go a lot and um, do Romance Academy training days. You stay all across, Carrie Fergus, Lisbon. Big shout out to everybody. Um, and um, I used to, I was going through a season of sleepwalking. And I'd be staying like with different people in different people's houses. Like, like Christians do this, don't they? They kind of say, oh, you can go and stay with so-and-so. You don't know them, madam. And I was just absolutely paranoid that I would like just do sleepwalking and end up sleeping on the sofa or like worse still, like crawl into bed with someone in the house. I was like seriously paranoid to do this. So I'd roll a towel and put it in front across the door. Like, like you know, like you'd roll a towel and put it by the door to stop the draft coming yeah. through. I would do that. Because, Why? What would well, it do? Because in my head, I'd be like, at least then when I wake up in the morning... If that towel is intact, yes. I've not gone sleeping. You've not disgraced yourself. If it's moved, I need to climb out the window and just like just just not see this poor family in wow. the morning. Thankfully, it, it was never moved. I've suddenly remembered loads of stories and they're all a bit close to the edge. Odd, so should I start ta- should I start telling stories? And then you you just like I will, wave at okay, me. Okay, I'm going to do some hand like signals now. I, they've I, gone inappropriate. I am on behalf of the listening community now who yeah. are opening their hearts to us. Yeah. I am now going to be a censor. So, so trust me, everybody. Well, let me tell you the first story. Go. Okay. So, um, so, so at Youth Work the Conference in about 2004, yeah. Jim Partridge and I. Oh, yes, Jim, Jim Partridge. Jim Partridge and I uh, were, were staying in a hotel. Jim Partridge is now calling his lawyer. In Southport. <laughs> in, in Southport. Right, okay. And, um, and I don't know, there was some mix up with the keys, which meant we were given keys to our bedroom and we yeah. hadn't checked in, so we, we were coming right at the end of the night. <laughs> And we were given uh, keys to our room. We checked in. Were you in. sharing a room? We were sharing yeah. a room together, so we both saw the full glory of yes. what, what, what comes next. Yes, okay. And um, we we opened the door to our bedroom, oh, and no. clearly it was not our bedroom. Oh, no. Not only was it not our bedroom, <gasps> it was a bedroom being occupied by a young couple. Oh, no. And Bless and them. Poor I, them. They were... Having a nice weekend of away. Of they, they were. were fine. They were it's expecting all, you it's all and healthy. Jim. It's all like... absolutely fine. <laughs> I'm sure they were married, but uh, but no. no one should see what I saw <laughs> from the angle that I saw it. And that, that, right, okay. that's never left me. No, that has never, obviously, and that will never leave us. But I have to say, my sympathy is not with you and Jim. My sympathy is fully with them. Uh, yeah. Bless them. Yeah, them. They have to deal with that. They've probably got kids at home. They're like, great, no kids are going to suddenly, yeah. oh yeah, look, here we go. Yeah. Here are the kids. Big kids. <laughs> yeah, right. so, um, so. Okay, they've, they've, I've got another yeah, one. Yeah, trauma. So mine are not traumatic, so you can now like bring your children back into the kitchen if you're listening in the kitchen. <laughs> so my one is that again in Northern Ireland, and it was around the time of the ash cloud. So do you remember that? Oh yeah, the ash, I remember cloud? The ash cloud. 
So we were stranded in Northern Ireland and I had a new member of staff called Andrea Bowden who's now called Andrea Boxall. Oh, she's gorgeous. And she had just started work and I said to her day two, look, come on this trip to Northern Ireland with me. So she dutifully came and then of course the ash cloud happened. So not only is she with her new boss in this new place, but she has to stay with her new boss in this new place in this bedroom like for a whole week, like sharing a space. Mm. I mean, how awkward is that? Mm. Anyway, so this was this is my midnight. Like not only do I sleep walk, I also sleep talk. So in the middle of the night, and she tells me this because I have no memory, I sat up bolt upright and in the middle of the night said, Andrea, I'm so sorry, I have to fire you. And then fell <laughs> back asleep again. And she didn't say anything to me for like weeks. But I remember thinking, she's been really distant. Like, why is she not wanting to like do any emails to me? Or like, yeah, and it was basically, I fired her in the middle of the night. Wow. I would never fire Andrea. No. Like, she was my saving grace. Wow. Yeah, there we go. That's, so, that's... yeah. You know, there we I, go. I, I, to be honest with you, there are so many stories of, of, of like things that have happened when I've been staying in hotels. Yes. That I, and I'm just, I'm going through all of my right, head okay. and thinking, can I... Can you shut no. One of the most awkward one, things, no. one of the most yeah. awkward things that's ever happened is Chris Curtis and I walked the, um, the, the width of the UK. We walked, we walked oh, yes, 130 miles. Not because your car broke down. No, no, no. But like for legitimate for fundraising. For charity. For charity. For charity. Uh, we walked from Bristol to, to Luton, yeah. which is an odd route, I'll admit. Um, mainly down like the side of A roads. It was pretty, I can't believe I'm still alive. <laughs> the police like keep picking you yeah. up. You guys in anoraks. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway. But anyway, um, producer Rachel yes. and, uh, and a chap called Richard uh, Lake were there as our Aww. support team. And they organised for us at um, one of the. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell the story. Tell it. At one of tell the, it. At tell one of the one of the um, the stops overnight, yeah. they organised a sports masseuse <gasps> to come and uh, give us How a massage because lovely. we were having ice baths yeah. every night. We were walking forty miles a day. Um, because and you so were walking on the flat, we weren't were, you? We were. So that's very, very hard. hard. <laughs> very hard. Flat is often the hardest. Yes, I understand. It's relentless. That's the thing. There's no downhill. There's no downhill when it's flat. Um, and so, um, so, so we went to the Premier Inn in Swindon, and uh, and then we, we had this sports masseuse come to meet us, and then we had this slightly awkward thing where Chris and I had to go up to a room in the Premier Inn and have a massage in the same room together in the from same a, room from a from a, a lady of you know a certain age, uh, okay, and we just it just. It just there was suddenly this this feeling that this oh no oh, we've got ourselves into a very no. difficult and compromising oh, situation yeah. here. So um so it's I I, I did the best thing which is to shed light onto it. Yeah. So while while she was massaging Chris yeah. there I just I basically live live tweeted the whole thing. <laughs> I just thought if the world sees this they all know I nothing think, untoward has happened. I think that's accountability. Yeah, that is accountability. It? I think that's very honourable. But um, and in no way to kind of put him to but any. But probably, shame. you know, travelling up in the lift of the Premier Inn with with a, with Chris Curtis, the CEO, and and, and the sports masseuse. <laughs> one of the most uncomfortable and awkward moments of my life. Oh, what a shame! That totally backfired. How were your feet, though? Well, wonderful. Yeah, and, and didn't get any blisters because um, I had those brilliant. special socks. Thank the Lord for the sports masseuse. Now, do you know Rachel I... Warwick had to had to wash my socks? Oh my goodness! Producer Rachel had to wash my socks. We need every a day. separate whole like podcast <laughs> just about Martin's hotel. I actually feel that you and I should travel the country meeting youth workers and apologise. I actually think we should do that. I actually think we should travel the country. Thanks. Have we got budget for it? No, we haven't. Have we? Why are we going to travel the country? Because a, I will have really in depth, brilliant interviews with youth workers, and you will just be in a hotel racking up some hilariously awkward <laughs> stories. Yeah. And between us, yeah. I think we can just brilliant. kind of like awesome. 
So we have, again today, not just one, but two yeah. brilliant yeah, yeah. people who we want to bring to you. And again, um, we're kind of dining out a bit on the National Youth Ministry Weekend, because um, yeah. we, we, we took our little phones and we got in people's grills and we interviewed them. So this is uh, Dr. Len Kegler. Hello to Dr. Len Kegler. From Nyack University in the States. Yes. I mean, I, we go on about how amazing he is. I actually got to meet him. He really is amazing. And in the middle of a freezing cold Birmingham High Street, I interviewed him and asked him some questions. Why don't you just go into like a coffee shop or something? I, I don't know. I just thought it was more fun to take him down the side alley and say, All Dr. Right. Len, tell us. Now, I wish it was a lot longer, this interview. Mm. It was very cold. But this this guy, Len, we absolutely we love you so much and we so appreciate you. And you'll hear in this little interview what really inspired for the last talk that I gave about that kind of word that God had for us. It really came from Len. So, so buckle up and have a little listen to this. The Youthscape Podcast. Right, here we go. Ah, oh, here we are. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've uh, I had this little kind of area that I'm bringing lots of people to. We're just outside in a street in Birmingham. It's just amazing. And that voice, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is the voice of Professor Dr. Len Kegler. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, nice to be here. Really nice to good. be here. So you're here in Birmingham, all the way from where's home for just you? Just outside of New York City. Fantastic. Yeah, it's only 5,000 miles. Come on. Great, you just popped What's over. up with that? <laughs> it's and a you, big weekend, you know? It's a big weekend. And you fly back home tomorrow do no you no tuesday morning yeah tuesday i'm gonna morning. play oh. on monday lovely yeah. you're gonna go to the wonderful delights of luton i love it this, this man is seeing <laughs> well size. actually i'm going to york so oh, to york. yeah because british oh. roman history is one of my hobbies and oh, new york right. is a cool place I'm sure we could find some kind of like Greek and bowls or something. Greek and Grecian <laughs> bowls in Luton. Oh, it's so good to have you. So you're here at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. Yes. And uh, we always do little shout outs for you. So, <laughs> so why do we do it? Because you know Martin, don't you? And your yes, and Chris. kind of life's work is around theology and youth ministry. Yep. And, and sociology. And sociology. So, so you're, you're a lecturer and a professor. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I teach youth ministry at Nyack College, which is in New York City and just north of New York City. And my students become youth pastors or youth for Christ or young life workers. So they go on and get a master's and get into counseling, that kind of thing. Nice. So it's it's wonderful to have that as a as a life a goal and career. And, and I still uh, help with youth work as well. Yes. So I'm that really pleased. Tremendous. It's absolutely incredible. And yep. I, one of the reasons why I, I grab Len, partly, well, you know so much about youth ministry. I think probably what you know on your little finger is more than probably <laughs> the rest of us collectively, though. Um, but uh, I uh, I grabbed you because you, I, I sent you, you know, how do you get on on a weekend like this? And what are you writing down? Are you writing a book? And you said, oh, no, I'm writing my journal. And you like to capture, don't you, What when you go places. Yes. Tell me a bit about that because I was so inspired by that. Well, I, I tr- try to make a practice of every week entering into a journal the, the lived moments of the previous week when I felt most alive you know most alive most of the time we're kind of on cruise control in our in our lives at least I'll talk speak for myself but I really try to remember when I felt fully engaged with the Lord and with with people and what he's doing and then uh, I then go back uh, in my journal 5 10 15 years uh, every month in that month and see what was I thinking Five years ago or ten years ago and it's really interesting to see the arc of your life yeah and to see what moves you now compared right. to before yeah. anyway it's just kind of a, a I, Len I, thing I, I was so sorry I had to then disappear off and I walked away and I thought oh my goodness that kind of insightfulness and ability to self-reflect on what God is doing yeah. in our lives I mean what does that what does that do for you I what purpose does that serve in your life? How, how is it reading back over this well it helps you grow year. up in other words I'm a much different person than I was five years ago I have no idea what I'm going to be 
like five years from now. No. I'll be hopefully a better version of, wow. of what I am now. And wow. when you think about what what's, what's going on in your life, it just helps you to, to improve yeah. in Christ's power. Yeah, That's absolutely. for sure. Yeah. And in terms of our youth ministry, I mean, is this a practice you encourage your students to, to operate and, and move in? Or Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It, it's when you're 18 or 19 or 20 it's a little hard to think of the importance of that yeah but it depends on their personalities some yes. get in right into that you know yes. so and anyway get writing and get reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been so phenomenal and I've, I've not prepped you for this particular question but I saw you yesterday scribbling quite yeah. a bit for yeah. your journal so what what do you feel God has been revealing as you've been here and what have been some of the, the themes that you've picked up in this conference mm. that that's, may, a, that's a great question maybe it's for just for the youth ministry in the UK scene okay. but well, I, every year, our, my family, which is my wife and I, our daughters and our husbands, yeah. pick a, a word for the coming year. And that word for me came today uh, in, from one of the presentations. And the word is near. I wow. want to draw near to him in a very real, authentic way. And you think, well, haven't, I've been doing this for my <laughs> whole life. Yes, but not in a way that I, that I could, you know. Wow. So, so that's uh, the word that I'm going to take into this coming year and I want to operationalize and live that out oh. in Christ's power so that's a good yeah. thing yeah well then that a is good a good thing. thing I feel that it's a bit cheeky that we know that word before your family do <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay awesome. they won't be offended they, they won't be offended it's yeah. been amazing having you near here it's ha thank having you, you near Rachel. to us yeah. and um, then I love you for all that you bring sure. thank yeah. you and thank you for investing in mm -hmm. many many generations of youth workers yeah. and youth ministers yeah. and youth pastors I'm yeah. now going to let us get back inside into the warmth because it is so cold out here <laughs> God bless you Len thank you So we, we have mentioned before on the podcast how much we love Len. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he is a, a really authentic man. Yeah. I can feel him blushing right now as he <laughs> as he listens to this and awards credits to people on his course who are Can't listening to. And, um, and 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 he really is very authentic. And and I think that authenticity does come out with his own uh, great closeness to Jesus. And it's an easy thing to say, but actually he's done a sort of lifetime of modelling that and it was really interesting how much that impacted you hugely in, in, in the course of the weekend that you actually ended up speaking about yes. about that yes. on the last day yes. um, in the final session and um, and the other thing uh, it just reminds me of is when I first got to know Len a few years ago I remember asking him about um, volunteers and because he'd run many volunteer teams and, and in, in youth ministry and I asked him sort of what his kind of top tip was and, and, and his um, his best story of how he'd managed a volunteer team and he, he just talked about how um, when he has a team of volunteers, what he'll do is find some time with them uh, after they've been with the young people on a separate night and just take them into a, a space, a, you know, a chapel altar or a, a, a living room somewhere and they actually just get down on their knees and they pray for the young people um, and, and they pray for each other. And there's a, just this great humility, I think, in this guy who teaches people how to do youth ministry, who's written all these books on, on how to do youth ministry. And actually, the, the, the central kind of, um, the core of his ministry is actually on his knees in prayer, crying out for young people, aware he can't do it in his own strength, staying near to, uh, to Jesus, mm -hmm. staying near to young people, and staying near to the people he's doing um, ministry with and alongside. And I think that, you know, that's why he's the guy. It's not because mm -hmm. he's written the books. It's because he actually does it. Yeah, and I think you're right. Humility is tangible, isn't it? I think I, mean, I was completely blown away by him and by so many of um, 
our guest speakers and contributors at the weekend because I, I think it's that thing, isn't it, that people who are close to Jesus, um, you can feel that. Mm. Like there's something tangible in their presence. I just knew that I could introduce him to some of the most challenging young people I've worked with and there would be a connection point yeah. that he wouldn't feel awkward in that setting because I think the closer we are to Jesus, the more human, human we are, isn't it? The more like Christ we are, the more human we are. The other thing that I absolutely loved, and this actually was a real challenge, and I've, and I've not talked about it, was I said to him, oh, what, what, I think you hear in the podcast, don't you? What, what are you off to, are you going home? Are you going to go and come and visit the, the delights of Luton? And he said, oh, no, I'm going to York, because he wanted to sort of look at some particular archaeological find. And I tell you what, that challenged me with Martin. I suddenly thought, actually, that curiosity for life, like, am I digging big wells in my life? Like, am I pursuing stuff I'm curious about? Because actually, whether it's directly about youth ministry or not, your expansive love of life in all its fullness will impact everything you do. Mm. Like, I, and, and I remember taking my daughter to the Victoria and Albert Museum when it was the, um, the showing of shoes through history, which sounds a bit typical me, a bit shallow and the rest of it. But actually, it was fascinating looking at how throughout history, people have cre- made shoes. And what's that? what has limited people, particularly women, because of their mm. footwear. And I think actually, I think as youth ministers, we can be so consumed by our youth work and so focused on learning about youth ministry that we can forget that actually a, a broad kind of hobby base, like lots of interest, like mm. all of life is God's. Like, mm. let's just get really excited. And, and you never know, there might be something about that that just spins into... Into youth ministry, that, that, that really inspired me. Like, if you're passionate about physics and neuroscience and fashion and archaeology, I mean, push into that. That's an important thing. Well, as so I think disciples. that's very interesting. Of course, yeah. we're approaching uh, New Year. Yeah. And so we're going to do a New Year's special, aren't we? And talk about, Ooh. we're going to talk about resolutions yes. in a couple of weeks' time. Right. But uh, it's an interesting, really interesting time to be thinking about this. I've been really inspired by a mentor of mine, uh, Steve Cole, who uh, uh, used to run the Artisan Oh, yes, uh, I know Steve, in, yeah, yeah. In, in London. The question uh, artist, isn't he's it? He's just an amazing yeah. uh, guy. And it's, you know, nobody really knows who he is. He's just an amazing guy that I know. But he really inspires me because he's someone who always encourages me mm. to, um, to get sort of um, <coughs> charged up mm. from other parts of life, not just have yes. my head down and look at um, youth ministry and writing about youth ministry and writing about silly elements of the Christian subculture. Um, he, he always says, look up, look around you. All, as you say, all of it Be is God. Be inspired, yeah. What's really interesting, one of the things he does is um, he spends sometimes in the morning, he wakes up and just goes on to like Google Earth oh. and just finds some bit of Botswana or, or Papua New Guinea that he's never seen. He zooms down and he goes into sort of 3D mode and he, he explores bits of the world that he'll never get to go to. But of course, because of satellites, we can see. Um, or, or he encouraged me, you know, um, if you're going to be writing, if you're going to be um, talking to other people, take yourself off sometimes and, and go on a bit of an artist date. So go and spend lunchtime. You know, I, I live near London, so go and spend lunchtime looking around the Tate, you know, or, or one of the other free galleries or a museum. And, uh, and I, I just don't think, if I'm honest, I don't do enough of that. Well, the, and the reason we don't is because we think that's secular. Yeah. And we do this secular spiritual divide and we yeah. say, actually, to feed our soul, it's about things like Bible reading. Yeah. So important. Yeah, of course. Right? So important. But we, we slide, and, and then we wonder why, when we feed ourselves what we think, well, reading scripture is never thin. So let me, let me think of a different mm-hmm. example. Like, going and doing a church-based event. Yeah, yeah. But, but we forget that if we cut ourselves on from, from, off from the richness of life that God has created, and it, God mm, is in the arts, mm, God mm, is in the fashion mm. industry, God is in, the, and there needs to be justice and pro- prophetic voices within each of these 
realms. But actually, when we cut ourselves off, I think our ministry is thinner then. Yeah, our yeah, youth yeah. ministry, our discipleship yeah. working is thinner. So I wonder whether one challenge is, if actually your life is full of youth ministry, like, can you pick up a hobby? Like, what yeah. are you passionate about? That has nothing to do with youth ministry, but let God speak to you in that. Like, Should we do a trip? Yes. Should we do a trip? Should we do a Youthscape podcast trip? Yes. And just go to Westfield. Some... I mean, sorry, where? not Westfield. <laughs> yeah, not sorry. Westfield. I was thinking like a museum. Yes, I think we should. We should do that. Yes, we'll do that. Uh, I can let's find add that to ones. the ideas. That add that to the pile. ideas and the big budget that we have. You know, just to finish off on that. So, yes. so um, uh, there's this book by Richard Foster, which we've all got on our shelves, yeah. and, and some of us it's have tried to read a few times, called Celebration of Discipline, yeah. which is uh, one of those funny books. It's inscrutably difficult to read, yes. uh, but it's got so much brilliant stuff in it. And he talks about the discipline of study in that. And I think we all imagine when we, we think about study in a Christian context, we think about the Bible. Yeah. And actually says, you know what? The Bible's amazing, but it's only one thing that we can study uh, out of a range of things that tell us about God mm. and actually nature tells us all about God and, mm. and, and things that other people write and say because they're created themselves by God mm. they have something to tell us Brilliant. about God and art has something to tell us about God and so I encourage you it's a spiritual discipline actually to get out there and study the, yes. whole, the whole of creation. Wow, X, I love that. Let's do something I've on that National out. Youth Ministry Weekend. We've all got our arms We've out We've all got now. our arms out right now. Producer now, Rachel's put her arms she's out. She's got her arms out We're well. having a ministry moment. We are having a ministry moment. I tell you what, I mean, this is a nice segue into our next guest because we've got two speakers today on, on the podcast. Um, because Victoria Etherington, who is the youth ministry leader for York Methodist Circuit District, yeah. um, I caught up with her at the National Youth Ministry Weekend as well. But this feeds really neatly into what she says because she she talks about how actually one of the things that we do within youth ministry is we present a really thin faith that doesn't change the world. And I would say I'd add to that that doesn't actually really understand the world. Mm doesn't isn't curious about the world that is very kind of prescriptive and x plus this equals this um, and that's why we're losing young people not because we, we um because not because they're not interested in the big things of life but because they don't see the big things in yeah. life when they yeah. look at our lives yeah, interesting. so have a little look and I, I also dragged her into a dark alley around the side of gas street building in the freezing cold and i, I was totally fangirling her because she is she is awesome. Like she dresses like a rock chick. She does which, dress like a rock which chick, which makes me love her massively. Because I just think, just do it. Like if you want to dress, you go for it. I love it. And there's something really fierce, but there's something profoundly humble about her. Like she doesn't think she has anything to say. And when someone starts with that, you just know, like literally, press play because you're going to hear some gold, aren't you? So have a little listen to Victoria Effington. The Youthscape Podcast. Here we go. So I'm stood outside um, at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. It's freezing cold and I've dragged one of our speakers outside. And it's the first time I've met you, Victoria. It's the first time we've met, isn't it? It is. For the sake of everyone listening in, who are you? Where did you come from? Okay, um, I am Victoria Etherington and I am the Youth Ministry Leader for York Circuit and York uh, Methodist District, uh, which is the Yorkshire North and East. Fantastic. And can I also say you have tattoos on your wrists, which I just, I just think that totally endears me to you. Because I'm like, if anyone thinks anything when you say like words like circuit and Methodist, just I'm stood basically outside with the fiercest looking rock star going. So this is amazing. And the reason I've grabbed you is that I was sat in the back of your seminar at the conference and you were talking about millennials. And, and to quote, you said, um, millennials don't just need to change the world. They, they don't just want to change the world. They need to change the world and they need a faith that 
change as well. And that really struck me. I just thought, if I could grab you, I want to like ask you to unpack that a little bit. So what do you mean by that? Why do they need a faith that changes the world? What's that all about? Um, okay, so part of the, the the millennial sort of makeup of the of the generation, and I mean, these are gross generalizations, yeah, obviously. Yeah, sure, yeah. But um, is that they seek purpose. They're driven by a desire for purpose in their lives. So when we talk about a faith with them, it's not a passive faith. Sitting in church or doing Bible studies are great and they enjoy that. They love to talk about it, but they need to go out there and do mm. their faith. Um, they need to see the impact and what they're achieving. So so if their faith doesn't change the world, if, if their um, when they when they met mm. Jesus, they're transformed by that, mm. and they want to go out there and transform mm. the world, and they're passionate about doing that. If their faith doesn't help them do that, then what's and the then point what of it? The point? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just they're going to yeah. walk away. They, they don't see why why they should commit to that. Why should they buy into the institution? Absolutely. And I think youth workers, wouldn't, wouldn't you say as a breed, we get that, but we work for churches where we're totally aware that when we introduce our young people to the wider body they see a very passive faith. I mean, what what do we do with that? I mean, are, are we getting to the point where actually we need to do... I mean, I didn't even warn you that this conversation might go here, but can we ever resolve that? Can we do intergenerational youth ministry if actually we have a generation growing up who will... They will not buy into the institutions, like you said. They will not have a passive sit and absorb it and you tell me didactic faith. I mean, what... Are we going to come to a point where it's gonna, we're going to have to do it radically different or can we move? How can we move forward in this, would you say? I think we just need to talk to one another. <laughs> I, I think, I think, but it's really hard. You know what? I'm. <laughs> you've just described me as a rock star. I'm knocking on the door of fifty. Um, she looks amazing. She doesn't look fifty. <laughs> she looks amazing. I just say. Well, I'm, I'm. I'm knocking on the door of fifty. It's very scary. But and, and I look at, at youth and teenagers when I don't know them. What do I talk to them yeah, about? Sure. I really don't want to do the adult. How are your exams going? Yeah. Because there's more to them than that. Yeah. But there's more to me than that. So we need to find areas of common ground that we can we can talk to yeah. young people about. And that's one of the things where the youth are doing innovation and they're working in the churches and, and they're doing things that's scary to their mm. congregation. But their congregation love them, so they want to support them. Mm. And they'll allow their youth to drag them kicking and screaming into the 21st century, even though they don't really want to be there. But then what they're doing gives them common ground. It gives them something to talk about together. And they mm. begin to realise just how much they have in common and how much they actually like each other and that they they share a faith and they share the goals and that actually these adults that they thought were really boring aren't that they too are passionate about the faith they too want to change the world and yeah. go out and do their faith and live their faith so calling out something deeper from the adults that's incredible i mean that is beautiful and your face just lit up as you were saying that but just that beauty <laughs> of just that the younger generation are calling something wild out of the older generation that maybe years of church has kind of <laughs> drummed out of us the other thing you said in your seminar which again i mean you were the queen of just great sound bites i was like i want to know more about that you said something about young people will form their right they, they will shape their identity like actually don't put on young people an identity there that this is it the tools are in their hands and that's how they think i mean could you unpack that a little bit more because we, we, we as adults then freak out and go to kind of like oh my goodness because they're playing with gender they're playing with this and we, we get very panicky about it and when, when you talk about young people shaping their identity that sounded like you were framing it in like this is a reality and it's actually quite positive that they feel empowered to do that I think it is. Um, they're the first generation that are digital natives. They shape what other people see about them on the internet. Yeah. Um, but it's more than that. They see identity as something that's within their control. They're not bound by the social norms that we're bound by. Um, 
but they don't want to be labelled. Mm. So they're not necessarily playing with gender roles. But what they're saying is, don't label me as straight, don't label me as gay, don't label me as L- LGBT or whatever else. Mm. Because what they say is, this is who I am, but I don't want to be Methodist <laughs> necessarily, or Christian, mm. or um, Labour, or Conservative. Don't don't stick a label don't on me because it comes with a box. Doesn't it, it? it comes, it comes with limits. and it comes yeah. with baggage, and yeah. they don't want that baggage. Yeah. They they want to they want to go out there and and as I say, they don't necessarily want to vote for change. They want to do change, and it's the same with their faith. They don't want to necessarily be Christian. They want to go out there and actually do something with that faith. So. Yeah, it's kind of scary for somebody like me who tends to label myself I'm this or I'm that or yeah. I'm the other. And and young people they don't yeah. they don't want to be they are going to yeah. resist that and that does mean that they they don't want to buy into these institutions because yeah. they don't want the labels and the baggage. Which is incredible is it because it, it forces us then to revisit the story of faith because I think Jesus it, it wasn't that one of the challenges that people couldn't label him they couldn't box it in they couldn't yeah. work it out like which side of this pharisaical law are you on because you keep jumping over it and we can't box you in so it's a beautiful challenge for us as youth workers isn't it Who, but the, that's what the challenge for us is we often feel that we're, we're interpreting we feel that we need to be interpreting this for the, for the older generation so I think that's we need to be careful that we don't put ourselves in that place and, and speak for young people when they should be the ones saying actually this is what it's like for me yeah beautiful so I'm just going to ask you it's so cold out here <laughs> and we're going to go back inside. But just a little nugget, because I think, um, you know, what, what could be one thing that we could ask ourselves about our youth ministry that would kind of wake us up? I mean, how, how could we reflect on some of these things? So basically the last few points of your seminar that I missed. Like, what do we need to ask ourselves to make sure that our youth ministry doesn't add to the oppression, doesn't add to the labelling, doesn't add to the passivity, but actually enables young people to live their one wild life for Jesus? Oh goodness that's a hard one or a a answer Um, answer. i i think that talking to them we talk about millennials we talk about gen y we we don't talk to them and we don't listen to them and and that's really important and equally we don't listen to them as equals um and i don't i don't do youth work i empower youth work so I empower the young people that I'm working with to, to do their own ministry, to discern their own calling, to, to be children of God and be missional for themselves. Um, and I think that would be the question that I would say to somebody is, how do you empower another? On that note, we're going to get back inside. I'm going to empower you to go and get more. That was awesome, Victoria. Thank you. So uh, I thought Victoria was fantastic at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I like about her is that she doesn't... Um, what, she's one of the few people who's able to give us a sort of new perspective on, on how young people have changed. So I think, you know, the research and so on tells us we're all a bit freaked out, we're all a bit scared. Young people have changed, youth culture's changed, we don't know how to respond. Uh, Victoria is one of the voices that's saying this is how they've changed and so this is how we need to adjust what we do. Um, which is great. And, and the interesting thing is she doesn't really focus in on um, the sort of outcomes, sorry, the outputs of, uh, of, uh, of change, like um, 
uh, you know, they're all on their phones more or they're all, you know, watching YouTube all the time. Uh, what she's actually focusing on is, is, is the bigger picture of what, what they need to hear, how they're going to understand the story um, that we have to bring to them. And so, so this thing about them needing to join in with something that matters and, 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 and our need to give young people something of significance, I think is a, is a profound challenge. And we sort of, we've maybe talked about, I can, imagine, I can imagine big top talks where people have said, we need to give young people a, a faith of significance and purpose. But it feels a bit more like the rubber hits the road when Victoria speaks, mm. that um, uh, young people have to understand what the point of joining this movement <laughs> is. And, and it seems maybe we offer them something that's just not mm. not deep or three-dimensional enough sometimes. Mm. Um, they, want, they want a cause to live for. They want a, you know, a movement to join, a kingdom to die for. And we're giving them a, a slightly different mm. culture, a slightly mm. different subculture that they can, they can come and be part mm. of and feel, you know, feel, feel a sense of belonging with. And I think the challenge is she's saying that's not enough for them. They, they need more than that. Yes. They need something to... And we do too. We do too, don't we? I think that's... We all need this. So I think what's brilliant about what she speaks into youth ministry is that yet again, the youth culture is challenging adult culture. Mm. I mean, let's not for a moment think that adults in churches are like, oh, actually, I want a passive faith. Yeah. I mean, they often we act as if we do, but really, really, mm. we, want, we want to change the world. So Christmas Day, coming up soon. I mean, the, the beautiful thing is, this is the story, isn't it, that just defies all odds. A little immigrant family, a, sing, a single mom, you know, pre pregnant teenager, a baby born in a stable, you know, the agitation and the kind of the cultural misstep around that. And, this, and, and we point to this and we say, look, this is what it looks like when God is with us. Mm. And so, so I think it's just interesting as we enter this Christmas season, like yeah. how do we agitate the Christmas story for our young people? Yeah. And uh, one of the things that we're doing in our church, which we always do, is we take our young people to a homeless shelter in central London, and we tell them the Christmas story there, and we, we, we take them to places where it's uncomfortable for us, and we revisit the Christmas story there, and we, and because I think it, it's that sense of change the environment. If the environment is working against young people hearing this expansive story, and let's let's change the environment. Let's hear it fresh. So brilliant! What, yeah. what an amazing couple of interviews. And by the way, I've got to do three Chris Dingles, and now I, no, you've just no. given me my just take them out my, to the bus shelter. My talk. Yeah, there we go. absolutely. Thank you. Love it. Um, we've done a lot this e the uh, this evening, this, this, evening, this morning, this <laughs> afternoon, or, or indeed whatever time you're, you're listening, listening to this. Um, we didn't do any shout outs. Right. We, we did have Dr. Len on. Yes. So we don't need to say he's, hello to him. He's now back in the States. So hello. But anyway, let's move on. Um, we are, we're going to say hello to Ollie Deeks. And Mrs. Deeks. And Mrs. Deeks. Yeah. And now, of course, we're also going to say hello to Aaliyah. Aaliyah. So hello to Aaliyah. Hi, Aaliyah. Hi. I think Sarah Long is on there and Vicky Pickett-Genge. Oh, oh are so those are we? There? I mean, it's Do awkward. It's like, awkward you've done that. I know. Because so I, I kind of, I, I wasn't oh, sure we'd officially added them to the list, but oh, now, not only have we got to do that, but now it's really embarrassing that I've even said this. Paul Cable, uh, we're not going to add anyone else to the list. Paul Cable, right? Jason Gardner. Um, no, I, who's I, Paul Cable? I'm just like running free. Who's Paul Cable? He's a wonderful youth worker. Does he listen? Yes. Oh, he listens. Oh, hello to Paul He's Cable. Awesome. He's awesome. I thought we were literally guy. just listing your friends. <laughs> we can't sustain a list. This okay, long. all right, that's fine. Okay, the list, the list is. <laughs> the list is Ollie Deeks, yes. Dr. Len Cater, yes. and Alia Pike. Pike. I'm sorry. I really like Sarah Long. I really like Vicky Pickett again. <laughs> oh I think you're great people. Oh my god. Great people. I you're just not on the list. I would not have put people on the list if I knew they could actually so kind of terribly and brutally be taken off a list. Like, that's awful. So you might want to call us. 
If you do, you can ring us on 01582 748 965. Let me repeat that number. 01582 748 965. Just to clarify, Rachel doesn't answer the phone. <laughs> it's not like it's Rachel's number. It's an answering machine where you can leave... Your okay. thoughts, reflections, feedback, okay. complaints That's about. I mean, if you're Vicky Pig I... again, you're Sarah Long. You might want to ring in and just legitimately get angry. Get angry yeah. Um, I, I feel like. Or we they have... can tweet us, or yeah. they can email us. Email us podcast at youthscape.co.uk, uh, and our Twitter is at youthscape. Or you can come and visit us. We work by the station. So, dear friends, we love you lots and lots and lots. And we just pray that stuff that you've heard today just really inspires you to kind of get some hobbies. Like, get some, lift your eyes up, see some other stuff. Google Earth in the morning. Whatever it takes to feed your soul and to enrich your life. Very sorry, Vicky and Sarah. We do love you, really. Bye-bye. It's a good job we have a producer. <laughs> it's a really good job.